A Business Couch with Dr. Yishai, episode 198. Welcome to The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai. I'm your host, Dr. Yishai Barkadari, psychologist and adaptability coach to entrepreneurs and business leaders. I believe that working on your business is more important than working in your business. If you want to achieve your business goals and dreams without the cost and pain of having to make every mistake yourself, then The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai is the podcast for you. I'm here to help you learn from the lessons of entrepreneurs and business leaders to help you work on yourself and your business so that you can save time, energy, and grow faster. For those of you new to the show, The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai presents three new episodes each week. On Insight Sunday, we dive into the minds of business leaders through insightful guest interviews. On Story Tuesday, we dig deeper with them and learn firsthand from their stories, hard-earned lessons, and experience. On Thrive Thursday, it's just you and me on the couch, where you'll hear scientific research, my thoughts, and tangible tactics to adapt and grow yourself and your business. Grab a proverbial seat and listen up so you can learn from the minds and mistakes of business leaders and apply their wisdom to your life and business. Welcome to Thrive Thursday with Dr. Yishai. This week on the Business Couch with Dr. Yishai, I had Fabian van Vrenkam, managing partner at the Accord Group Belgium, leadership advisory company, co-founder of Valpio, and author of Disruption at Work. Our Insight Sunday conversation was so packed and full of value that you got a double dose of insight this week. On Insight Sunday, Part one of our conversation, episode 196, Fabian shared how his decade plus of HR experience led him down a path of learning and data collecting to figure out a more effective and comprehensive model to understand high performance at work and in leadership. On Insight Tuesday, part two of our conversation, episode 197, Fabian and I dug deeper into concepts like mental models, handling complexity, considering context and why high-performing leaders and companies shift their focus from improving current processes to examining what is on the cutting edge of tech and science so they can create the future. If you haven't yet, go back and listen to episodes 196 and 197 to listen and learn from a keen observer with over a decade of HR experience who has his finger on the pulse of the next wave of leadership skills and abilities for the business world of tomorrow. A major theme we talked about in our conversation is complexity, how to navigate an increasingly fast-paced, complex environment that the business world is quickly becoming, and why holding multiple complex mental models is a core leadership skill worth investing in if you want to be able to lead a successful company in the future. So today, I'm sharing some of my thoughts on holding complexity in a world that pushes for simplicity. Before we dive in, I wanted to share that the Business Couch with Dr. Yishai is brought to you by Adaptability Coaching and Consulting. If you lead a seven-plus-figure business and want to reach the next level for yourself and your business, if you have passions, goals, and dreams, and want to continue to strive as a team, a leader, and a visionary without risking burnout, 
If you have overcome challenges, developed wisdom, and know that adapting is not just for surviving, but a core part of thriving, then adaptability coaching is for you. With psychology and neuroscience-backed tools, the 3D adaptation framework can show you how to tap into and harness the way our brains are uniquely designed for adaptation. You can learn to harness and leverage adaptability tools and frameworks to grow yourself and your company. You can learn to become fast, flexible, and formidable. You can learn to hone yourself further, to proactively adapt, to thrive, instead of reactively adapting, just to survive. To learn more, go to dryishai.com coaching. Now, without further ado, let's dive into how to hold complexity in a world that values simplicity. Let me paint you a picture. Actually, two pictures. For one of them, I can only use a single color of paint and a 12-inch roller as my brush. For the other, I get to use hundreds of differently sized and textured brushes, multiple palettes, and as many colors and mixes of them as I could possibly imagine. All else being equal, which is likely to be completed faster and which is likely to be more nuanced and vivid. The same can be said for simplicity versus complexity. A simple world has only one or two colors, red versus blue, black and white, good and bad, right and wrong. A complex world has nearly infinite combinations, hues of color, and shades of gray. But as it turns out, our brains really value and seek out simplicity. Research on choice overwhelm is a great example of that. When there are too many options, what our brains often do is arbitrarily set criteria to limit and exclude a bunch of those options so that we are left with a manageable number. It's often known as a cognitive load reduction strategy. Some research in that included when there are too many insurance options, what a lot of people will do is they'll start excluding carriers or types of plans, sometimes in even random ways. Rather than digging into all of those options and trying to figure out what criteria are the best to make those exclusions. Of course, it's really hard because when you have a hundred different plans or more, that becomes a really energy, time, and brain power intensive process. It becomes a complex matter because there are so many different factors. Factors like what the premium is, the monthly cost, what the deductible might be, and all kinds of tiny itty bitty little details about coverage that can vary from plan to plan and from insurance carrier to insurance carrier. Just trying to figure out what the most important criteria are can be an intensive, complicated task, and then you're still left with trying to figure out, once you've excluded certain types of insurance based on those criteria, how to choose which one is the best one for you. Another example of that is when market research was being done in supermarkets, one thing that they started to notice is that when tables were set up and samples were being given, and there were samples for many, many different types of products, let's say 20 or 24 different kinds of jam or jelly, then when 
people were offered a coupon, they frequently didn't use the coupon or purchase something even if they enjoyed one or more of the samples. Whereas if there were two or three options, people were much more likely to use the coupon and make a purchase. Even our attention is selective. Our brains develop and we learn to focus by ignoring and blocking out irrelevant and unhelpful information or stimuli. It's a way of simplifying by overlooking and dismissing what is viewed and judged as irrelevant or not useful. It's an important concept that also applies in marketing and in business. Donald Miller talks about how important it is to simplify your communication and your offerings. That means in marketing and sales, and it means in developing your products and your services. If people need to spend a lot of time, energy, and effort figuring out if your product or service can be helpful to them or choosing between so many different options, they may end up dismissing some of the more important or interesting or even helpful services or products, or they may move on just to simplify things for themselves. In fact, coming back to the way our brains work, the very structure of our brains and the way in which we develop our skills, our abilities, everything from walking to writing to doing math to leadership, product and service development, marketing and sales, they are built by learning and developing incrementally in a way that's initially overwhelming. There's a lot that we need to learn, a lot that we need to do, and then creating circuits or connections between brain cells and parts of our brain that fire off in a series in order to do or engage in a more complex task. And as those circuits get built, what happens is our brain cells actually reach out and get closer and closer to each other, and they connect with each other in new and novel ways. And then those connections can solidify. And when they start to solidify, when they get closer and they get used more, they start to anticipate our need for them, and they start to actually get excited in anticipation so that we are ready to engage or use them. In fact, the concept of a habit is just a way of describing one of these circuits or ways in which our brain, our brain cells, have reached out, connected with each other, created these circuits, and become very excitable or very ready to just fire off in order to do something. And at that point, it's a lot less overwhelming because it's built itself into a more automated, systematic, immediate process that we don't need to spend as much time, energy, or effort in. When our brains get overwhelmed, when there's too many variables to consider or too much on our plates, that's when our brains switch into a mode of offloading or changing so that we can manage it. And there are a lot of ways that our brains can do that. One of them is developing habits, just like I was talking about, or brain circuits. Other ways are heuristic rules of thumb, mental models, all of which can be helpful, but can also be a double-edged sword. And there are even more ways that our brains try to solve this overwhelm or overload problem by simplifying. And some of them can be really difficult or problematic. If you've ever been in an environment where you had somebody micromanaging you, or if you've ever experienced perfectionism. These are connected to black and white thinking, categorizing as all good or bad, or having a right or wrong or very specific way in which things 
need to or must go in order to anticipate or expect that there will be success, that it will go well. Similarly, rigidity, cutting off or dismissing options or possibilities because they don't fit in with a particular perspective or viewpoint. And along with that, language that's in extremes, like always and never, are examples, even in our language and in our thinking, that we simplify things very frequently. More than that, simplification can sometimes hide as decisiveness, discernment, single-mindedness, persistence, or stubbornness. And sometimes those traits or perspectives or approaches can be really helpful. Other times, there is the process of simplification that's happening in our brains that can interfere or get in the way of leading or running a company, being open to new ideas, perspectives, or approaches, or adapting when change is necessary. And that brings us right to the main idea. How can you hold complexity in a world and when our brains themselves seem to value and really push towards simplicity? And I wanted to connect this with something I frequently talk about, which is that we have two systems in our brain that kind of work in tension and in tandem. You have your habit brain, which is an automating, systematizing, and in a lot of ways, simplifying aspect of how our brain works. And then you have our adaptive brain, whose job it is to actually slow us down, generate new awareness, new analysis, and new action. In a way, the adaptive brain is all about handling and responding to complexity in our businesses, in our brains, in our lives, in our relationships, in the world. Understanding that these two systems and processes work in tension with each other, in a way they work against each other, but they also work in tandem, they help each other out, is very critical in holding complexity in business, in relationships, whether that's with clients, with people who are under you because you're in a leadership position, or in your own personal life. When complexity is necessary, what you can do is tap into your adaptive brain to be able to generate new awareness, new analysis, and a new kind of action that can be really helpful to navigate the complexities of your situation, of business, of acquiring clients, of leadership, anything else that life may throw your way. Okay, so let's get to the brass tacks. How do you? do that. A framework that I frequently use and help my clients with and talk about here on the podcast is the ADAPT framework. The ADAPT framework is an acronym that is, of course, all about learning to adapt and being able to increase your adaptability. And the framework also stands for awareness, data, analysis, planning, and tinkering. And so I'm going to go through each of those and talk about how they are part of our adaptive brain and how you can harness that to hold complexity and handle it in ways that can be much more effective for you. So it all starts with the A for awareness. Awareness is all about being able 
to notice, to notice when something isn't so simple, to notice when it is a bit more challenging or complex or has more elements or factors to it than you had initially or originally thought. And that awareness is also about being open to possibilities. And so it's really important to be engaged in that awareness and increasing that awareness, especially when you know or anticipate encountering complexity. The second step, data, is all about collecting multiple data points from which you will be able to go into the third step of analysis. So we're going to talk about them a little bit together. I myself am quite a data junkie. When I go to research something or look into something, I tend to go pretty overboard. I can spend several hours just researching various points and ideas and going to find multiple types of research just in order to make sense of a particular point. And then from there to go get another point, another point, another point, another point, and then to analyze and put them all together. And so when you're looking to collect data, it's important to recognize that you want to get data from multiple sources and enough data that you can really do an effective analysis. When it comes to complexity, this means being aware of and intentionally holding multiple points or types of data or perspectives in the data so that when you're conducting this analysis, and the analysis here is really about stringing all those data points together, not just in a way that's consistent with how you previously thought, but is really consistent with generating a new awareness and being able to be more thorough and clear and take in that nuance and complexity inside the analysis to make adjustments to your way of thinking or perceiving or looking at something. So it's really important in that analysis that you have a foundation of lots of different kinds of data or enough data points and that you're not just seeking confirmation data. Once you've conducted that analysis, now you're ready to formulate or form a new plan. In the case of holding complexity, that plan might include multiple components to address those multiple elements that are complexity when it comes to solving a problem, working with people, building relationships, whether that's inside your company as a leader and building a culture as a company, or that's various steps and stages and ways of communicating with prospective clients based on different places that they may be at or different elements of your product or service that may really speak to them. And of course, the whole purpose of planning is to then take that plan and put it into action. So when you're making a plan, it's specifically a plan of action that you follow through on. And that brings us to T, which is tinkering. Dealing with and holding and handling complexity is a process that's iterative. It means that you may try something and that might not immediately work. The first solution might not be the most effective or helpful solution. Sometimes a solution that includes more parts isn't necessarily more effective or helpful. And that's where this tinkering piece really comes in. It's about getting feedback or data and then feeding that feedback or data back into the beginning of the process, back into this awareness, back into collecting more data, back into analyzing and creating a new plan of action and then engaging in that new plan of action. And so this tinkering really is about recognizing that there is more process to happen even once you've set up a plan of action and started engaging that plan of action. 
when you engage in this adapt framework, adapt process, what you're doing is also tapping into the way in which your brain is designed, not just to streamline and automate and simplify things, but you're really slowing down and working on including multiple components and developing and putting together a plan that once you've done the analysis really is cohesive. And then you get some feedback on it and you tinker with it. And that allows you to build up over time in that iterative process, a way of looking at understanding and relating to the world that can hold complexity. And to come full circle back to my initial prompt, let me paint you a picture. Actually, two. In one of them, your brain is on autopilot and it paints with the same color and the same roller that you've been painting for a very long time. Are you going to get a different result? Are you going to get a different way of looking at understanding and relating? Perhaps not. What if you paint, though, with many different brushes, many different canvases, many different palettes, many different paints and colors, and you take the time to mix them, to create the different shades, and to not just push the roller on the wall or on the page or on the canvas back and forth, up and down, and you're done, but to really go in detail by detail, piece by piece, shade by shade, form by form, and really put together this image and idea and then step back and look at it and see if you like it or don't like it, and then make the next step, the next change, the next addition, the next bit of nuance, the next extra variable, the next piece of complexity. Well, that's an image and a picture and a future that can constantly shift and change and adapt in which you're developing both the skill as you do it, but you're also able to paint more nuanced and more numerous pictures. So engage your adaptive brain and recognize that sometimes when your brain is simplifying or people are simplifying, they're just using their habit brain. And each one has use cases and times where it's important and helpful and times where it might get in the way. So be intentional and engage your habit brain when it's important to hold complexity in a world that values simplicity. And on that note, I'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us today on The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai. If you enjoyed today's episode, take a moment to rate and review the podcast. It helps grow the show and gives more people like you the ability to learn and grow. You can also click the share button to share today's episode directly with someone you know who would enjoy it. The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai podcast artwork is made by Sam Barkadari, show notes by Yishai Barkadari, and music by www.purple-planet.com. The advice and opinions of the host and guests are our own. I'm a psychologist, but not your psychologist. The conversations and content of this podcast do not contain or create any psychology practice, diagnosis, or therapist-patient relationship with either the guest or the listener. So do your own research before using anything from this podcast. Thank you for listening. Remember, our thoughts and reactions affect our actions. By listening, we can learn from the challenges others face and the choices they make so that we can make better decisions and get better results. 